Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message today is Preparing for the War to Come. And I have a special guest on the uh, show for the very first time, my good friend, Many Rounds. Many Rounds, thank you for coming to the show and taking your time to share your uh, knowledge with the people. Uh, you're welcome, uh, Linda, and uh, it's an honor. And uh, I had a feeling that we should um, say a prayer before we start this Please whole do. thing. So, um, Father God, we'd like to thank you for the, the day and thank you for this opportunity to reach out and help some folks, um, give them some food for thought, and uh, show them a few things they can do to help uh, prepare for what's coming. And understand uh, the things that uh, you have uh, put in your word to help them as well. Amen. Okay. um, Today we're going to attempt to answer what so many of you have emailed me about asking for years now. I needed to find someone who actually knew the answers to the questions. Um, Many rounds, tell us about your uh, qualifications and your credentials so that people will understand. Um, well, I, I was in the United States military for uh, quite some time. Um, I uh, experienced uh, a lot of things in that time I spent there. Um, and the experiences that I uh, received uh, were kind of a grooming, you might say. The Lord... Uh, he set me in a, on a course that uh, was teaching me a lot of different things uh, for this time, I believe. And um, I was just uh, unwittingly, un- unknowingly kind of getting this training the whole time I was in. So I think he does that with a lot of us. Yeah. Um. Now, you have dreams and dream visions that come true, and you've had many dreams and dream visions about the end times and things that are coming for many years now. Uh, And you sometimes paint paintings of what you see. Describe to us the dream vision you had last Friday night about a devastating earthquake uh, on the West Coast, and tell us what you saw and experienced in this dream vision. And were you not in California also at the time of the Northridge earthquake? Uh, yes, I was. Um, the uh, The dream I had the other night, um, I was I was on a residential street um, in the uh, Los Angeles area, and I was outside. I don't know why it was. In, it was nighttime. I was in the middle of the street, and it was kind of it was dark. It was probably late at night. Uh, late evening or early morning, I'm not sure which. And I just was standing there, and I I wanted to get back to uh, someone I care about. And the ground was moving 
started to move. It was moving so violently that I couldn't, I actually couldn't walk. And I heard uh, screams coming out of houses um, that were all around me. I was sort of at an intersection, so there were houses to my left, to my right, and behind me. And uh, the screams were... Some were saying earthquake, earthquake. I could hear women screaming more, more, uh, more readily than the men. But I could hear men yelling as well. And uh, and then I woke up. But uh, the ground was moving pretty good. It was it was heaving back and forth, and uh, it, it's just it's hard to explain when you're. But it's like you're really there and you're really experiencing it. That's that's a dream vision. Tell us about the Northridge earthquake, because that, that was some years ago, but I understand you were in California at that time. Yes, I was. Um, I was, uh, I came home late at night, and um, uh, I wasn't alone, but uh, I had had a, I'd had an argument, you might say, with uh, my wife, and it had to do with um, something I I sensed, I felt something coming, and uh, she at the time she just wasn't having it, and uh, she it was, she didn't believe in the dreams or the visions. No, she, she she was kind of uh, reluctant to receive it, you might say. So I just um, said, okay, fine, whatever. Well, she had, she had all the kids in bed with her, and so I, I came home late anyway. So I just ended up on the couch. And that night, fortunately, I was pretty much fully dressed. I took my boots off and just laid on the couch. And we had a small puppy at the time. And the puppy was acting a little out of the ordinary. It wanted in, it wanted out, it wanted in, it wanted out. And so that kind of confirmed in my mind that there was something not right. And I, and I knew that animals have, uh, they sense things. You know, they yes, sense... They things a lot more uh, readily than we do. So I was paying attention to it. And um, anyway, I ended up falling asleep in the, with the puppy right near me. And the next thing I know, uh, it, it was like being on the end of a jackhammer. I'd been through uh, a quake before in, uh, in the Silmar quake, which was a little further north than Northridge. I don't remember that. But it was a violent quake too. And it, but it was more of a side to side kind of emotion. That's the kind I've experienced. Yeah. Side to side. And this one was side to side as well, but it was more of an up and down. So some of them go side to side, some of them go more like the jackhammer. Well, I think it just depends on where you are in relationship to the terrain oh, okay. and also the epicenter. Okay. And um, in this particular instance, we were a lot closer to the epicenter. And I think it was it came out to be a six point four or something like that. But let me tell you what, it felt more like a seven, seven four. Six something is like way that. more than I've ever been through. I was actually kind of surprised at, at the um, the seismic reading that they were putting out on the news because from where I was sitting, it felt a whole lot worse like a than lot that. More. Yeah, because yeah, I'd been through a six point three or four back in seventy one, but this was different. It was more of a jackhammer kind of an, an effect and. Um, it would be unsettling. Well, it was difficult to get up. I could get up, and I did get up off the couch. And we had a, in the hallway, we had like a center uh, divider thing with shelves. Mm-hmm. So there was an upright uh, piece of lumber, you know, that was part of it. And I was able to put my hand on that and grab it and swing myself and get my momentum going down the hallway. 
And uh, being fully dressed, I, I worked in the construction trade, so I, I always had a flashlight on me, a small, like, a mini mag. Thank goodness. Yeah, because it really came in handy, because when this happened, it was pitch black. And uh, during the course of the event, the, the power had gone out. So I was able to see what I was doing when I was rolling down the hallway, um, bouncing off the bulkheads, trying to get down the hallway to my kids, you know, and, and wife. And um, I was, because there was glass flying, there was, uh, we had pictures on the wall, like most people do, with glass, you know, which I, I will not do again. But because by the time I got to the hallway, the end of the hallway and where everyone was, the door was jammed. I couldn't get in it. So I had to basically uh, muscle it off the off the hinges. I just your adrenaline's up, and wow. and I just pulled it right off the hinges. And um, that's one way to get a door open. Well, what happened was the dresser had um, uh, fallen inside the inside the bedroom, and it was wedged against the door. So I had to basically slam my shoulder into the door by the hinges to to kick the hinges loose. And it all happened so fast. I never thought about door scanning and something like that. Yeah. Well, with the, the dresser, we had a TV on top of the dresser. The TVs fell on the bed and bounced, and it was a pretty good-sized TV. It was, an it old, was back when TVs were big. TVs were big and heavy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, fortunately, it missed everybody that was in the bed. It just bounced on the edge of the bed and then fell on the floor. And then uh, in the process, the dresser fell over and, and got in front of the door. So um, not ever having any... Uh, you know, premonition this was going to happen before all that too much or, or thinking too much about it. Um, we had the bedroom arranged in a, in a kind of a dangerous way, you know. And so that would be something to think about is, is how your living spaces are arranged. What a good idea. Because um, it can become a problem later, you know, especially with I'm things only, I'm around. only like 80 miles from the New Madrid, the end of the New Madrid fault. And so, you know, I never thought about that. Never thought about that. Well, after this all happened, I ended up uh, bolting a lot of things to the wall. <laughs> That's actually a good yeah, idea. I used turnbuckles and eye bolts, and, and I found studs and, and sunk uh, some serious hardware. I went to the hardware store and spent about 100 bucks, wow. and then came back and started putting it all in the house. And it took me like three days, but um, I got it to the point where I was satisfied with it. But there's... So there are some things you can do beforehand, you know, to, to prepare for these kind of things. And I, and I learned a few lessons on that. I mean, I had been in the military for quite a while when this all happened. But there's nothing like actually experiencing something to teach you, um, you know, some tidbits of information that might save your life later or save others. Yeah. So so I, anyway, so I got down the hallway and I was able to carry people out and out into the front yard. Now, the, the, it was pitch black. I mean, the power was out. There was something running down the gutter, whether it was a broken water line or sewage, or I don't know what it was exactly because I couldn't see it too good, but I knew there was something running down the gutter. And that was kind of interesting. And off in the distance, there was a glow of light, but it was not from uh, electricity. It was from a fire because one of the houses... Oh. Um, broken gas lines? Had a, broken a gas line had broken in the street, and a guy's car had stalled right above it where the oh, crack was. No. And so in the earthquake, it stalled, I guess, you know, somehow the 
carburetor malfunction or whatever. But so he's sitting there trying to crank it over with a starter, and the sparks ignited the gas. Oh my gosh! And, and caught his car on fire. He he got out of the car and he walked to a hospital. He was okay. He was burned a few in a few places, but he was all right. But somehow in the process of that, uh, another house nearby caught on fire. So what I was seeing was the glow from that house, and there were little pockets of glowing, you know, in in intermittent spots throughout the perimeter of where I was looking, which was really, in a way, it, it did provide some light to the whole thing. But I had my flashlight anyway, so. But it was just weird. It was very, there were... Um, that would feel kind of surreal. Yeah, by the time I got everybody out of the house, maybe 15 minutes had passed or 10 minutes or something like that. It's kind of hard to gauge time when all this stuff is going on. But um, it was starting to get a little lighter because it, was, it happened, I think, at 4.30 in the morning. Oh. So it was pitch black. But by 5, it started to lighten up. The first light was coming over the, over the ridge. But um, I remember seeing animals, um, dogs mostly, rolling around free, you know, lots of dogs. Oh. And because all the walls in the whole neighborhood had fallen down. So the dogs had been like, yay, we're free. So the dogs were running around and they were all spooked and they didn't know what the heck was going on. I remember tying up, up it, was, it was a rather large dog, it was a shepherd or a Rottweiler or something, and I tied him up to a bumper of a car so that later on his, his owner could come by and find him. But um, and, but there was just a lot. And that's another thing to keep in mind is in the, in the event of something like this happening, there's going to be um, uh, a lot of animals. Like how many animals are in L.A.? How many dogs are in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Boston or Philadelphia or wherever? Yeah. Everybody's got a dog. And in a, in a large event like that, you're going to have um, these dogs running around. And if, if they're not being fed regularly, they're going to start getting hungry. And they can, they end up packing. Yeah. And I've heard that there's nothing worse than a pack of dogs, you know. It would be pretty hard to overcome. Yeah, yeah. So that would be something to think about. So in your preps, you'd want to have something with you that might um, repel such beasties running around trying to yeah. uh, find some food. So... Um, uh, but uh, there's in, in all of these uh, events, there's there's always a little silver lining. There's always something to learn from them. Absolutely. And, and there's been a lot of people that have gone through a lot of different disasters, especially in the last 20 years or so, that are uh, a wealth of knowledge about um, how, how they dealt with it, how they survived it, um, uh, wars that they've gone through, uh, some of the civilians that have lived in places like Syria or... Uh, Lebanon or um, Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, places like that. They're they're out there on the web. You know, you can you can learn, you can glean quite a bit of uh, knowledge from these people, and then you know apply that to your personal plan about That's what you, what you can do. So. That's true. Talk to us about fear, because we know fear is going to be a real big element in this. Um, <clears throat> fear, fear, fear. I, I call it the mind killer because uh, it is—it's uh, a thing that will paralyze you. It, it can keep you from—it can keep you from uh, reacting in a way that's productive. Um, I read in a book a long time ago, and, it, and it's just something that's true. But the opposite of fear is love, 
And when you think about how uh, there are um, these mothers that have um, miraculously you know, picked up their car to, to take their kid out from under, under their car or, or done some other uh, you know, extraordinary event to, to save their child, um, and, and that's out of love, you know, yeah. and people have gone to uh, extreme lengths to save a buddy or they'll throw themselves on a grenade because they care about their their buddies, you know, and they just, yeah. they don't even think about it. They just do it. Yeah. And and that is out of love. And fear didn't, didn't even have a chance to get in, in that, um, to make an appearance. It just, it happens so quick. So... Um, you know, with, with, with the Lord, um, that's what he's about. I mean, when the bottom line is the whole reason uh, that we're here and, it, and, and he, he wants to bring his kids home. That, yeah. that, that's, that's what this is all about, really. Yeah, he he wants to bring his children home. And he wants them to come home on their own, you know. Yeah. And um, he loved us so much, yeah. right, that he... He went through all of that for us. So in that respect, that's that's what overcomes the fear. So, yeah. you know, this all scary stuff it, it, that we're about to go through here. And uh, um, there's no, you know, everybody gets scared. And anybody tells you they don't, well. <laughs> <clears throat> they're not telling you know, the truth. They, they, I guess they, they're not just lying to themselves. But um, it's scary business. So. You have to make positive uh, steps forward to 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 try to alleviate that fear and just tell that fear monkey to go away. Yeah, and the best way to do it is just realize why. What am I? You know, why am I scared? I've got the King of the Universe that is is watching over me for one thing. Okay, he, he created this whole thing, and he's he's with me wherever I go, and he's teaching me something and. In in the in the in the whole uh, exercise, he's he's working out my faith muscle. So that faith muscle, the stronger I can get it, the less I'm going to be afraid. That's it. So when he says, uh, "I need you to step out of that boat and start walking," <laughs> well, okay, you know, <laughs> let's let's do this. You know, it's like ruined for a second. Because I love you, Lord, and or I yeah. or I love my family, and I want to get. Um, as, yeah. as prepared as I can and all that, but I want to, uh, the de- the fear is, of, is not of the Lord. Fear is of the devil. Fear is of the devil. And he would like to have scared to death so we wouldn't be able to do anything. And um, nothing would make him happier because he just wants to bring down the whole show. That's it. Into the pit he's going in. Because he, know, he knows he's running and, out of time. So. But he's not, he, he, he lost that battle a long time ago. He lost that battle. Yeah, he did. You just got to remember that he lost. You know, in in younger years, I can remember when I was when I was a child and a teenager and even a young adult, we didn't worry about being invaded because America was the superpower. But we're not the superpower anymore, are we? Um, no, no, we we haven't been for some time. <laughs> um, we're not nearly as strong as uh, they project. On the news and whatnot, and uh, talk about how the other nations are superior to us in different ways. Because I've heard you talk about that before. Um, well, 
they 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 keep their developments pretty close to the vest because you know it's obvious reasons they don't want us to know what they're they're doing and um they they steal our stuff they steal our ideas they steal our technology and then they improve on it and um and they use our money sometimes to do it you know which doesn't make oh that's just wrong oh yeah so (laughs) So, wrong that's wrong but um i don't know there's probably some avenues i shouldn't go down that road oh well don't say anything that's but not supposed to be they uh Let's just say they've got a plan, and they've been working on it for a long time, and they're almost to the point of uh, its fruition. Um, they're very patient. Uh, this is a long-term plan that they've been doing. and uh, Why would they start planning something so far ahead? Why? Why would they want well, to invade us? They, they, just they, don't they like knew it. they would never be able to take us face-to-face or toe-to-toe, and... They would lose a lot of. It would be a no win for for everybody, um, as far as they're concerned. One of the reasons they're doing this is because uh, they're running out of resources, and oh, okay. that's why they're coming. They're coming to glom our resources from us. Resources, as in food or resources, right? As in minerals, food, oil, water. Oh, um, all resources. You, you're going to start seeing uh, a lot more. Uh, in the aspect of uh, water wars coming on. Oh, yeah, really? I didn't are, know that. People, yeah, people are going to... Um, Can't survive without water. Well, people have been uh, working on this for some time as far as uh, making arrangements to secure water for themselves or for their countries or for whatever. And our own government is doing it as well. And I'm in the right um, state not to have to worry about that, y'all. Arkansas is all yeah. lakes and rivers. It uh, it is now, right but now. Later yeah. on, they talk about climate change and they talk about uh, global warming and all this other stuff. But I have a feeling that there's something else at foot here, and um, it's true the climate is going to change. It's going to be affected, and uh, these things are going to happen. But um, I, it's not for. I don't think it's for any of the real reasons that they're talking about. They just are using that as a vehicle to kind of control uh, and get and get uh, get control of all the resources that they can while they can. But. Okay, Ex- explain to us. I've long wondered about this for years now. Uh, we all know from prophetic words given not only to myself but to others as far back as George Washington and maybe further about that there is an invasion coming to America by foreign troops because he saw it. You have some intel knowledge about the foreign nations we think could be involved in the, the coming invasion. There's only so many nations that are big enough to come and invade our soil. I mean, honestly. And I know we've always kind of been on an, an kind of iffy relationship with Russia, and they're big. And China's not real happy with us either. In North Korea, I don't think they've ever been happy with us. Talk to us about what it would be like to in, be invaded by these guys, and what are their soldiers like, if you know, or their military strategy? I mean, what are we looking at if, if they decide to do this tomorrow, you know? Um, one, one of the places you can read about this whole thing is in the Bible. And um, one thing I did learn uh, a long time ago was that the Bible is actually one of the greatest sources of intelligence you can find. Amen to that. You know, because it tells the end from the beginning. 
Amen. And, and there's just... Uh, and it, and a, what happened to other armies that were or being attacked by bigger armies, Second Chronicles 20. Yeah. Joshaphat. Or how one young boy could knock out a whole army. Amen. <laughs> David and Goliath, that's right. And uh, anyhow, so um, there was a fellow... When I, when I first started, when the Lord had me kind of woke up here, he gave me a dream. And in the dream, uh, I saw this attack. And I woke up from that dream. My heart was pumping and my I was out of breath. And I was overseas at the time. And I had, I had half a peck of cigarettes and three beers after that. <laughs> I woke up and I was just like, what the heck? Because it was so vivid and it was so detailed. Wow. Oh, that those kind of scary. Oh, it, it that's was, usually a vision, not a dream. Yeah, game. it was. Yeah. It was. I was there, and I and I heard stuff going off, and I saw stuff going off. And uh, is I this just, something that has not happened yet? No, no, it has not happened yet. You want to um, tell? Can you remember that? I know you can probably well, remember if it was a vision, but I was uh, in the dream. I was I was in California, and I saw. Um, a lot of missiles coming in, and I saw a lot of aircraft coming in. Where would they be coming from in California? Because I'm not familiar. Well, they with were the they were coming from uh, the direction of the coast. Uh, I was my particular position was in. Uh, I mean, could any nation attack us on the west coast? Oh or? yeah, oh yeah. We have highways uh, all over the United States, and they start at the edges of our continent. So. All you got to do is, is find a good beach and drive up and, and hit the, and hit the, the highway okay, and, and okay. bonsai down the highway. And they can be... That's uh, the, the men coming out of the water you saw that time. All the men dressed all in black well, I coming think, out of the water. I think that that was that was more of an advanced party that might be here already. Oh, They're here now. That's the sleeper yeah, cell people. Okay. Yeah. They... they would, that, that was another kind of dream I had, but... What I saw was, I saw these guys dressed in black. I was on a beach. It was dark. The moon was out. I was up from a city, probably about five miles from a city. I could see the city off in the distance, down down the coast. And um, I saw these guys just coming out of the water. The, you know, the waves were probably four or five feet high, six feet. And crashing on the beach and then rolling up on the beach. Well, these guys in black were walking up out of the water and they all started kind of converging onto one spot. And one of them walked right by me and I just was really quiet and he just walked right by me. And then I woke up, but I, I realized that after I woke up and I was like, wow, okay. And I kind of processed the dream in my mind a little bit. With dreams, sometimes you have a knowing that comes with them. Oh, yeah. And I kind of, the knowing I got was, this is a force that has been coming, and and they have been prepping and staging gear and um, setting up uh, um, pre-war items that are on somebody's list to get ready to go. So, um, I... Wow. There's there's more than one country involved here. Um, okay. I believe that there's probably about eight or nine di- different countries. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. Well, there are and, quite. And they're a few all allied, and, and they and they all they all act like they're not allied together, 
and they have little squabbles and this and that. But as far as the objective of taking the United States, they're all in perfect harmony with that. And so, um, wow. yeah, there was a, I was, I was, I was looking into prophecy stuff years ago and I was reading everything I could possibly read about it. And I was going to Christian bookstores and going over to the prophecy section and buying books, you know, and reading everything I could. And I, I was not too satisfied with what I was reading because what I was getting from the Lord, these guys were just sort of skirting around the edges of it. They weren't really um, stepping over the line and realizing what was, what this was really all about. And and some of the some of the little rabbit holes that they were going down, I could tell that they were like deceptive. They were not really what God's going to allow to happen here. Because what he was showing me, these guys weren't talking about. And I just thought, gosh, Lord, somebody else out there has to know what I know. Or somebody else out there has to see what I see. Or what you're showing me. And um, so I was still searching. And I, and I went into this Christian bookstore. And I walked in. And I was looking through the prophecy section. And I picked a book out, which I really wasn't too satisfied with. And then... Uh, I'm standing there, and I'm, I'm giving the, this fellow that I knew for quite some time. It's, I've been coming in and out of there a lot. And so I was giving him my money for the book, and uh, I look over, and I see this book on this shelf, but it's over in the worship section, and it's pinging at me. Oh. And, and it's just sort of pinging at me. And I'm like, what the heck is that, you know? So I walk over there and take a look, and I pick it up, and it's a picture of this guy walking through flames on the cover. And it's, Dimitri and it's through the flyer without burning. By Dimitri, Dimitri Dudeman. Dudeman. Oh, right. yeah, I've read that. Yeah. And so I picked it up and I turned it over and I looked at the back of it and it had a little bit of an excerpt from inside the text. And it said, and the angels showed me, this is New York, this is California, this is all these, in one day this is yeah. going to burn. Yeah. And I knew one immediately, day. right then, this guy knows what I know. In one day. God's told me that before too. And yeah. I found that in, I think it was the book of Revelation, in one day. It's either Revelations yeah. or Isaiah, in one day. And I was like... Yeah, it's in a few different places. Is it? Okay. Yeah. And so uh, I picked up that book. I, I put it on the counter. I, I put the other book away. I bought it. I got in my car. I drove down the street. I pulled over and I read the whole book right there. Are you serious? No, the whole book, I, right? Because this was like an answer to prayer, oh, yeah. big time. Yeah. And this stuff is interesting. Oh, and so then uh, a week or so later, he had a ministry called Hand of Help. Still, he, it still exists. Was, yeah, and he was living not too far away from me. So I thought, gosh, what's to keep me from going down there and meeting him, right? Oh, that's right. I forgot so, that you met him. So I glommed up a whole bunch of stuff because he was he was sending uh, clothing and um, uh, food and back to Romania, and right? Right back to yeah. Romania because at this time he st he could because when he left Romania, yeah, was in power and he and he was actually exiled out of the country because they couldn't stop him from smuggling Bibles in. <laughs> and this guy parked his Bibles in trash cans on his front lawn oh, and the secret nice. police could not find them. Nice. You know, so yeah, so um so I, I knew awesome. this man I knew this man knew, knew what I knew and I wanted to I wanted to talk with him. And um, plus, I wanted to get a few more of his books because I, th yeah. this book was like a piece of gold to me. You know, I was like, "Gosh, this guy really knows what's up." And so I did. I, I drove down there, and uh, I called. I think I called his his number, 
he had this uh, hand of help ministry. So I, I called it and uh, arranged to you know, make sure it was okay to come down whenever I could come down. So I came down. I had a few boxes of uh, some military gear and stuff like that to send over there or whatever. And then um, I drove up and, uh, and, and it, it was a very humble little apartment. He had a uh, kind of a garage set up in the back. For oh, you went to, do you go to his house yeah. or is that where his ministry No, I went to his house. Oh, that's cool. And um, he, uh, his, I met his wife and I met his daughter and I met his son. Oh, wow. And uh, he didn't speak a lot of English. And he, he wasn't a real big guy or nothing. And uh, kind of slight, but, uh, but but very, his presence was very, uh, you, you knew you were standing in front of somebody. You know, it was just yeah. there. Yeah. And um, we, he, he didn't speak a lot of English, so his son was, uh, and his daughter were interpreting for me. And we just sat there, and they offered me a little Mountain Dew or something, and uh, I sat there and asked him some questions, you know, about um, how he, that I'd seen some of this. And I showed him, I, I told him some of the things that the Lord had showed me and whatnot. And then he said to me, out of the blue, and he said this himself, he said, um, you're not the first one to come see me. You're not the first intelligence guy to come see me. And I Are went, you and serious? I, and I went, I went, you know, I don't even remember if I told him I was in the intel business once, you know. I didn't, I don't know if I even mentioned Oh, wow. That. And so when he said that, I was like, whoa, well, you know, okay. And I thought, in a way, I, I was like, I'm, I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad somebody else uh, is, uh, um, you know, looking into this besides me, you know, yeah. somebody else oh, yeah. in our intelligence community in the United States, yeah. hopefully for the good side, yeah. is looking into this kind of okay. stuff because um, it just made me feel better that, that hopefully like FBI, CIA or somebody like that, somebody that, on, you know, good people were looking into these things because uh, all of this is coming down and... It's really lonely when you see what you see, and you got nobody to talk to about it. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's it's you know. It's not a good feeling. It's, it's rough, but this was back in um, the early '90s, I think, when I went to go see him, and oh, wow. yeah, so. He's been gone for a while. Yeah, he's he he was here in this country, I think, for probably eight years or something like that eight or six or eight years but uh, anyway so but it was good to fellowship with somebody else who understood what the heck was going on you know oh, yeah and uh, anyhow this was this was before I, I, I never used the internet I, I didn't know how to use the internet I, I didn't use uh, the computer I didn't have a laptop I didn't know any of this stuff you know so it wasn't until later a few years later that I got um, led to actually get delve into the internet, and um, I mean I was old school. I used to use pen and paper. You know, I still use a pen and paper so, for a lot of stuff. I'm still old school. Yeah. So, and and the computer, it just seemed to me like um, it just bothered me. It was just like I just didn't trust it, and I didn't really want to get involved with it. But one day the Lord led me to do it, and I was like, okay. So, um, and that's and then I, that opened up a whole another gate of. Uh, other folks that knew what I knew because yeah. I, you know, I, I had no idea that there was YouTube and I had no idea people were making videos Me and all this stuff. Me either for and, a long time. Um, you know, and I didn't know, um, 
there was a guy that I used to listen to on the radio late night and out in the desert. I go out in the desert just to get away from town, just to get out there and get some peace in my head. And I just, you know, go shooting and have some coffee or whatever. And I would listen to late night talk radio. Well, uh, there was a fellow named uh, Art Bell that used to have a show back in those days. And I would sit there and sit around a campfire and just listen to him uh, talk about they, they, he, he talked about a wide range of, you know, a wide range of guests and stuff. And uh, some talk, talked about UFOs, and they talked about um, supernatural things, and this and that, and a lot of that. Well, every once in a while, a fellow named Steve Quayle would come on. And Steve Quayle knew what he was talking about. And I knew he knew what he was talking about because I had the same spirit, you know. Yeah. And I loved it when he came on, especially when I was out there. It was like, oh, wow, this is like icing on the cake. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, you just focus on that. Yeah. And uh, he, he he talked about a lot of these things that were coming down, this and that, a lot of that, the stuff that I knew and, and Dimitri knew and other folks knew. So it was sort of like, uh, you know, just, it was awesome to, to hear him talk. And back then, I didn't know he was on the internet because I, I didn't use the internet, but Evidently, he was, and he had a website and all that stuff, but I didn't know that, so the only time I got to hear him was when he was on late night talk radio, you know, <laughs> and, and, but, um, and, and later on, George Norrie would have him on, too, and, and I, God bless George Norrie, and God bless Art Bell for doing that, you know, I don't think I've ever, I've because never nobody heard else had the guts to put him on, hardly, you know, once in a while, maybe out here in the, in the, in the, in the East and stuff, and uh, where there's a lot more down-to-earth folks, you know, and stuff like that, with the radio stations that are down-to-earth, or Christian radio stations or Christian broadcasters or whatever. But um, where I was at, there was there was nobody else. He was he was never on anybody else's show. Wow. Or nothing. It was just George Norrie or Art Bell, or first Art Bell and then George Norrie. But um, so uh, anyhow, um, it was a blessing. It was just a wow. blessing to. That was sort of the way the Lord was leading me, anyway. I, I've never lived any place but in America. I don't understand what happens when, like, if troops come down my street, you know, what are what's the what is the objective of an invading army? What do they do? Because that's what all of us have asked ourselves and, and ask each other. You know, what happens if the troops show up, if they land tonight and show up at, in the morning at our yard? Well, keep your head down. Well, because, yeah, obviously, um, but... The, well, the main... The main, their main mission is going to be to seize the country, okay? To seize geographical locations within our country, okay. like airstrips, ports, okay. um, um, resources, and things like that that they are going to need to bring Mines in the rest of their people. Plants for because steel plants. Their or whole plan like is is basically just to methodically take over the country, piece by piece. They're not going to do it all in one day. It's going to take them several days or several weeks. I don't know exactly. But Do they come in and take everybody prisoner? Do they kill everybody? Well, they're going to scare everybody to death first. They're going to bomb. They're going to drop bombs, and that's going to keep everybody's head down, and everybody's adrenaline up, and everybody's going to be scared to death. And that's their whole tactic there is to just get everybody totally... Freaked uh, out. ...succumbed, you might say, to, to the fear so that it'll make their job easier of going in and taking softening over. Softening the target. Right. They're softening the target. They're They're... Uh, loosening up the dirt a little bit, and um, we're under low echelon warfare right now. Uh, Explain. Um, the whole pandemic thing, the whole this whole t- 
tactic to get everybody um, used to the idea of uh, obeying, you might say. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. it, it, it's just... Shot across the bow to see how many people will go with the program and how yeah. many of us will buck up it's against like, it's it. It's like, come on, people. Don't you remember? The problem is they don't because, uh, well, let's just say the communists have done a good job in prepping the ground. And so you've got schools that don't teach. You've got yeah, uh, we have that. leaders that don't lead. You've got, we have that. you know, uh, the the uh, defanging of our police, you know. Yep. I mean, they've basically uh, turned them into... Uh, Has this happened in history know, before? Good. Has this happened before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is... Because I don't... Hitler I don't, use this tactic. I don't know military uh, history, so yeah, that's going to be very same, interesting. If, yeah, this, is, this is sort of what happened to... to Europe before World War II, but on steroids because now there's the oh. technology that's a lot more, um, you know, uh, in your face everywhere. Yeah, that, that they can use as a tool. Well, and they have all the cameras everywhere. They can watch yeah. us. And, and, uh, they can watch us through. As a military op, it everything. is a well thought out planned op. I mean, it's it's a good plan on their end. When you look at it, I'm at good like as in. They're they're not stupid. They're no, not no, stupid. No, no. They they're, have they intelligence. Know what they're doing. Yeah, they're they, not. They if they were known. stupid, we could beat them easier. But that's what I'm saying. They've they've planned this out from a long time ago, and slowly cooking the frog. So, uh, yeah. And 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 they're doing it in the same kind of methodical way. I mean, there's. You had Hitler had his Gestapo. Well, they're gonna bang out some uh, force on us that's gonna be doing the same thing they did. Is that the stormtroopers? Yeah. Yeah, that was another dream I had, um, and uh, yeah, it was. If you uh, want, tell us about that. I I know they're hard well, to they're hard to look was, at because yeah, this was a long time ago. It was, it was in 2012, I think it was, when I got this, and I don't know if he was president or not at the time, but um, I guess he would. would have Obama been. was president he then, was, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyhow, what I I was just praying one night and I. I saw this, like, uh, scene, you might say. The Lord uses Star Wars with me sometimes. And um, what I saw was, you know, the Emperor guy? The guy, that, the uh, Palpatine? Is his name? That's his name. I've actually never watched Star okay. Wars. Well, in Star Wars, there's this guy. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't start out all ugly and everything, because later okay. on in some of the episodes, they show him as a senator or something like that in the, in the Republic, right? Well, he does the same kind of. It's, it's very weird. There's a there's a prophetic parallel here, uh, and I don't know if Lucas knew what he was doing about all that, but I think maybe the Lord was, uh, in some weird way, leading him to do this. But there's this uh, this um, senator guy, uh, Palpatine, who's sort of like the head honcho. He's like the leader of the house, or whatever you want to say. Yeah, and he uh, is instrumental in trying to um you know out in the public eye he, he's trying to save the republic but behind the scenes he's part of the sith and he's the head sith lord he's he's actually the evil bad guy he's the whole head of the dark dark force or whatever you want to call it so um and he's re he's recruiting uh and he's 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 arranging. He he got rid of the whole Senate. That's right? a little too prophetic because yeah. if you've read the visions that I had about the filthy kings, yeah. that makes uh, me think of that. Yeah. Well, because I, I, he he was the head guy taking 
and I heard the words fil- filthy lucre, which I assume is money or riches, and stuff in oh, his pockets right, right, and right. laughing, and there was all these men, and they were all mired up to their knees in some kind of filth that looked like sewage or something. It was gross. Yeah, well, that's exactly what they're doing. And, and, it, um, and when he went into office, he only had a few yeah. million. He came out with, what, 32 or $34 million? It does make you wonder. I don't think the presidency pays that much, does it? No, I think they make a little over hundred grand a year or something like that. Um, so I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, but anyway, he was he was in this uh, vision as as this emperor. I mean, he had the hood, the hood, everything. Um, and I've later on, I've seen pictures like just like what I saw on the internet of Obama. With a hood over him oh, and, wow. and looking all dark and everything, well, um, I it it looked just like that. It looked wow. exactly like that, except he was standing over uh, a whole um, assembly of thousands and thousands of stormtroopers that were in front of him. He was like this big, giant kind of ghosty figure behind him, right? Wow! And then behind him was this. Um, demonic gigantic demon with wings with uh like a goat head face and all this weird stuff and horns and well that's got to be the devil that's the devil right so well anyway so during it was just a really quick flash vision thing and i heard stormtroopers in place this was in 2012 that was in 2012 we all knew that 2012 was a very important year um we all knew that I don't know why, but it just was. So I, the knowing I got was that a lot of this whole s- setup is already in place. It's already in place. Wow. They've already got this set up. And they're just going through um, their procedures to get it all to happen. You know, and, and, and they need to accomplish this before they do this and this and, you know, wow. before they do that. So whatever. But... Um, but yeah, you you were asking. The original question was, uh, "What are the, the objectives of the objectives? invading?" Okay, the objectives. Yeah. Um, I mean, are they going to come in and kill all of us? Are they going to take us well, POW? They're gonna, they're, they're, the first thing, like I said, they're going to scare everybody to death, yeah. and then they're going to drop in some troops. Some troops are here already. They've got advanced parties here that are, they're going to prep the ground. They're going to hit per, uh, certain parts of our infrastructure, shut the power down in some places. This and that, blah blah blah. Well, then. Um, when they hit the beaches, they're probably not going to invade right away because it's going to be a lot of radioactive uh, bummer. Oh yeah. And so they're going to let the dust settle, and then they're going to they're going to assess what they've done. They're going to take uh, you know they're going to have satellites going over and taking pictures, and then they're going to look at them and figure out, okay, this was damaged, this is that, blah blah blah. This. So we have there they're going to adjust their plan, and then. Um, once they get it adjusted and they do a final recon of what all is going on, and they get uh, word from any people they have here, any resources that they have already here, that to tell them, okay, well, this area is uh, working, this area is not, this bridge is down, this bridge is up, whatever. Yeah, bridges are a big deal. Yeah, and just you know, certain certain areas that they plan on seizing first, um, uh, because part of their plan is, is to seize the airfields that are. Some airfields are going to use okay. against us. They're going to drive their, their their planes in and disembark and disembark a bunch of gear and then disembark troops. And they'll have um, a lot of equipment, a lot of vehicles and this and that set up. And they'll just 
start a big convoy and just head out, you know, head out um, from the east to the west, from the west to the east. Any, any gear they need, they've already brought in or they're going to bring it. And they know it works. And they've tested it and uh, they've rehearsed with it. Um, that's one thing they probably have been doing. Uh, they, they've been rehearsing. They've been doing. They've been practicing and practicing and practicing because once they, once they get here and they get, they leave the line of departure and they land, you know, they they have this plan. They're just going to do it. And um, it would seem like if they're after our resources, that we would be in the way, other than anybody they could use for anything. Um, as far as. As are, far as most we, of us are concerned, are we just what they call useless eaters? We're yeah. They're they're part of their whole plan too is to um, repopulate this country with their people. They're going to eliminate us. They can and, use us for slaves, and they can yeah. They're going to take who they can, probably uh, uh, able bodied men, and put them to work somewhere. Maybe in their back in their country or back in other countries, they might send them. They got they want to. They have a plan. I mean, they, they're going to use them where they are going to do the most good. And they're going to probably take all the women and do what they do with women. They're going to make them wives or they're going to make them slaves or or whatever or, or working in uh, areas where they can, they'll, they'll probably interview you, tell you, ask you what, what are your gifts, what are your talents, this and that. Okay, we're going to do this with you and they're going to do that with you. Um, that would be the wise move on their part is to actually utilize like people that are actually operating some of the equipment in this country right now. Yeah. Take them and leave them in charge. You know, that happened in uh, back in Israel in the days of uh, Jeremiah. You know, the mm. the 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 head soldier, um, I forget his name, something Ravadan or whatever. He took some of the poor people and left them in the land to take care of the vineyards. That's smart. And, That's yeah. really smart. Because otherwise the, the vineyards die and the farms right. die. And, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar and it, was thinking ahead like, well, we're going to need their resources up, kept up. You know, right. We're not going to just totally wipe the whole country out. That was wise. So, um, so no doubt they'll do that. And I'm sure they've yeah. studied history. I don't know if they've studied biblical history, but I'm sure they've studied history. And if they're after the resources, they're after the food. So it'll be after the farm, farmlands and the uh, grain silos and all that kind of thing, and those do have to be maintained. Right, okay. and the um, power plants, you know, this and that. They're probably going to rebuild some of those and rebuild. Well, that's all we have for y'all this week. But if you'll tune in next week, you can hear part two of how to prepare for the coming war in America with special guest Mini Rounds. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box 60, Glencoe, Arkansas 72539, or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where suddenly it just felt like your whole life was falling apart? I call these experiences 
the wilderness experiences. Wilderness experiences are time of great uncertainty and change. Uh, there are times when our faith is tried and refined. After many experiences, the Lord spoke to me to write The Wilderness Companion, which is a virtual roadmap through the desert times of your life. Find out why you've been led to the wilderness. Find out what the biggest hindrance is to receiving provision in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Drastically cut the time you spend in the wilderness by learning how to partner with the Lord instead of working against Him. Every Christian needs to read The Wilderness Companion. It's by Glenda Lomax and it's available on Amazon.com or WingsOfProphecy.com. Amazon.com, The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax. What is in store for the once great and mighty nation of America in these end times? What is the living God saying to the people of America now? What could possibly be in store for a nation that once trusted in God, but has changed its path from following in the living God's ways to now removing Him from everything and walking the other way? In the book, No Longer Mind, you will find all the messages to America collected in one place in chronological order. No Longer Mine, Messages to an Unrepentant Nation is now available in print at wingsofprophecy.com in the bookstore tab. Get your copy of No Longer Mine today. Have you heard? The 2016 and 2017 messages have been published in book form. Even those who do not profess a belief in God can see something is amiss in the world around us. What is coming for our world in these last days? What does the Lord want us doing while we're waiting for His glorious reappearance? Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night each contain approximately 200 prophetic messages and visions from the throne room of God telling what is coming to America and the world in these end times. The Lord has always warned nations when they were headed for destruction. He has always warned His own people. Are we also being warned? Get your copy of Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night, available now on Amazon.com.